Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in South Africa and by Adrian Barnard in the UK. On this week's show, we speak to a coaching legend in African football, the Ghanaian Fred Osam Duodu, who won the Africa Cup of Nations with the Black Stars in 1978 and 1982. He tells us where youth coaching can be improved. Make sure that when you are up there on the 17, the next thing is transfer them to under 20. When they are under 20, they can even play for the national senior team. We catch up with how the African players are doing in the English Premier League and we speak to fans at last week's Watford against Crystal Palace game and they give their views on the African stars Odion Igalo and Yannick Bolassi. Bolassi is one of the most exciting and one of the most frustrating players we've ever had. He's got amazing skills, skills that nobody can deal with at all. I'm not even sure that he can. If he could up his uh, assist rate and if he could up his goals, he'd be one of the best players in a premiership. Well, that's all coming up on the show. And as of this week, the programme is now 30 minutes long, giving us the chance to bring you much more on African football and to go deeper into the big issues. Well, let's start with the semi-finals of the CAF Champions League. The first legs were on last weekend and USM Alger of Algeria got a 2-1 win away to Al-Hilal of Sudan. Another Sudanese side, al Marek, beat TP Mazembe 2-1 at home. So that tie is finally balanced ahead of the second leg this coming weekend. Uh, which way do you see these going, Solomon? Well, Steve, it is very interesting. We have two Sudanese teams in this level of the competition, and I think it's great for our Sudanese um, football. There's Al-Mirek and there's also Al-Hilal, and it is really crucial for them. Uh, last time around, we have an Algerian team winning the Champions League. Would we have another Algerian team this time around in USM Alger? USM Alger has been doing really great this season. They're second on the league table so far. They've been eight-time uh, champions of the Algerian Cup and six times league champion. And they have a great coach in the person of Otto Fisser who took uh, Togo to the 2006 World Cup. Uh, the old man has done great things for them. And they went away from home, got a 2-1 advantage in Sudan. And I, I see definitely see them, USM Algier, going through into the final. But the second semi-final between Almerek and TP Mizembe definitely going to be a tough one. Tipi Mazembe themselves, they've been championed four times. And last season, they played in the semi-final, losing to another uh, Congolese team, uh, AS Vita. They managed to score a crucial goal away from home against El Mirac. And, and that would really definitely be an advantage for them. Uh, they play really well in Lumumbashi. Uh, so I think for them, it's just a case of coming back home in the second leg and making sure that you don't concede uh, any goal, but getting one or two goals, which is going to be enough for them uh, to go to the final and they, there's always an advantage for them they always want to make sure they get into the final for uh, TP Mazembe uh, not playing in the final of the Africa Champions League is not enough for them yeah that's going to be a great game that one uh, in Lubumbashi well now let's catch up with a coaching legend in African football the Ghanaian Fred Osam Duodo who won the Africa Cup of Nations with the Black Stars in 1978 and in 1982 
1992. He won the 1993 African Under-20 Cup of Nations with Ghana and then took the team to the runners-up spot at the 1993 FIFA World Youth Championship. In 2005, Osam Duodo took the Gambia's Baby Scorpions to win the African Under-17 Championship and then led them at the FIFA Under-17 World Cup where they famously beat Brazil 3-1 in a group game but failed to get to the quarterfinals on goal difference. He's highly qualified, he's a FIFA instructor and was recently in the Gambia as a CAF assessor for a B-licensed coaching course. We spoke to Osam Duodo and asked what his advice would be to a coach of a youth team. Uh, one, you should make sure they, they, they take a preserved age into consideration. The coach should be in contact with the academy so that we know the academy, they train this junior and observe them. If you develop in the under-17, make sure that when you are up there under-17, the next thing is transfer them to under-20. When they are under-20, they can even play for the national senior team. And uh, there are so many uh, players that pass through my hands who are big players. I was the first to send uh, SCN and the rest to the Black Stars. So Fred Osam Duodo has worked with Michael Essien as well as many other Ghana greats. We asked where he thinks that coaches could do better. Now is the age. If even I come to help, I'm not going to show people how to kick the ball. But for coaching sake, technically, the technical aspect, you, you train the boys. They are very good technically, tactically and everything. But how do you put them together to win? That is another problem with most coaches you see for instance I seen was a midfielder and this but later on because of each I brought him to a defensive midfield and this is what to do and then there were other players who were even as strikers when they were going down I brought them to defense with the experience and everything but that is where you have to use the experience it's very very nice so if a coach from this system is in charge of a junior team like under 17. He needs some technical advice, you see. So you need to be astute and to seek advice, he says. Well, firstly, Solomon, Fred Osam Duodo is an absolute coaching legend in African football, isn't he? And winning the 2005 African Under-17 Championship with the Gambia really was an extraordinary achievement, wasn't it? Most definitely, Steve. (laughs) You know, it says a lot about the knowledge of a coach. It says a lot about... Uh, the abilities of this coach and that's exactly what Osam Duodo did he actually put Gambian football on the map in Africa because out of that on the 17 team from the Gambian there's quite a a few of them that went on to play in Europe and really uh, be successful professional football players so so definitely you know that was an extraordinary achievement and at one point that Osam Duodo raises is that uh, ideally players should come through an academy uh, through the age group teams the under 17s and under 20s, under 23s, and then into the senior national team. But uh, often that doesn't really seem to be the case generally in African football. 
in African football, that's definitely not the case in a lot of different countries. You know, I, I was talking about South Africa the other day, and, and I was, if you look at Bafana Bafana, the South Africa senior national team, out of the, the, you know, the team of 21 players, you can actually notice that about half of the players on that team had never played for any of the age group uh, teams. They only got to know about them when they're like 22, 25, and, and they came in to, to play for the team. But, but it is important important to to go through these different age group teams because your progression is being monitored and you you're being groomed to play for the senior national team you you're not fast tracked to play for the senior national team uh, you're going through your growth as a football player uh, taking every level and every stage and and really soaking the experience and and the knowledge that you're getting from your coaches and also uh, for coaches and for for the football administration they they molding a team already that's going to play for a senior national team 10 years from now but lately generally in african football we don't see a lot of that and i feel a lot of the problems is because maybe we don't have strong academies you know for some countries this popular some is not popular you know and, and also we we tend to to think that you know when a when a football player is young you know we just have to just wait for him to arrive first before we notice them but we have to notice their potential when they are really young ghana is a very good example of that a lot of the ghanaian players currently playing right now a lot of them have gone through the, the you know the age group teams and they've they've come together and they're the part of the nucleus of the ghanaian team that's been playing well you know the last few years you know and, and also ivory coast has also done a great job and that but we have to maintain that we have to be consistent with that and, and we have to keep going back to to search for a younger players that would play in the under 17 under 20 and also under 23 well certainly something to think about there from fred osam duardo thanks a lot solomon this is planet sport football africa brought to you by passion for sport the show is now 30 minutes long as we go deeper into African football. And we have a brand new website. It's planetsportfootballafrica.com and it's been designed specifically for smartphones so you can use it easily on your phone. You can listen to each week's current show there and get to meet the team as well. The address planetsportfootballafrica.com and you can follow us on Twitter. The address is at PlanetSportFA. You can keep in touch with news about the programme at African Football News at PlanetSportFA is our Twitter handle. Well, let's go to Facebook and WhatsApp now. And last week we asked, is Baba Raman good enough for Chelsea's first team? Raman is from Ghana. He's 21 and a natural left back. And he moved to Chelsea for around $20 million. So he wasn't cheap, but he's only been used in a couple of cup games so far, but not in the league. Well, Yaya Messi Camera says, yes, Baba Raman is indeed excellent and he needs the experience in the first team. Masana um, Kinte says the same. Uh, Cherno Jallo says Baba is indeed a great star. He's very strong in defending and gets a lot of space when moving forward with the ball. In short, I believe he will nail down his position in the Chelsea squad in the near future. Amadou Dumbuya says Jose Mourinho should give him more playing time. Abdoulaye Jara says yes, he should be in the starting eleven. He is a fantastic player and Jaturu Jobate agrees. And Suma Kali from the Gambia says looking at Baba Raman's age and the huge potential he possesses, his tactical ability and the killer instinct that he has, no doubt he'll be of great benefit to, to Chelsea in the Premier League. 
On other issues, a Bengali in the Gambia says Liverpool must sack manager Brendan Rodgers. And from Malawi, Adrian Bendera says Manchester City are too small to claim the Barclays Premier League crown. The 4-1 defeat to Tottenham Hotspur is a clear testimony that the team is not worthy. Well, uh, thanks very much for all of those comments. Uh, This week we're asking, how good is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang? The Gabon striker has become the first player to score in the first seven matches of a German Bundesliga season. Do you think that Aubameyang will be a contender when the African Player of the Year awards come along? And we'll talk about him later on on the show. Send us what's up to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. And you're always welcome to send comments on any football matters that you find of interest. Well, still to come on the show, a look at the midweek UEFA Champions League matches. But now let's focus on the English Premier League. And we've got a special report from Vicarage Road, the home ground of newly promoted Watford, who played Crystal Palace last weekend. Both teams have African stars. This report from Planet Sport Football Africa's Tom Ellis. There'd been just one goal scored here at Vicarage Road so far this season. So the match against Crystal Palace, who'd been in fine form away from home, was always likely to be a tight one. Sure enough, it was just the one goal that separated the teams on this occasion, a penalty scored by Johan Kabai for the Eagles. And we've been following the form of two African players who've become important members of their respective teams, Watford's Nigerian striker Oji Nigalo and Palace's Congolese winger Yannick Balassi. Both are capable of producing something special, but this proved to be a fixture of few chances and both were quiet. Blassi went on a mazy run straight from kickoff, but it was his end product which let him down on a number of occasions. There were some signs of promise though, some nice touches down the wing, his preferred position, and an effort which looped over the Watford crossbar. Igalo, on the other hand, seems to have settled quickly into Premier League life, having scored four goals so far this season, linking up well with strike partner Troy Deeney. The 26-year-old has scored 20 goals in 25 games since the start of 2015, which has seen him become a hugely popular figure at the Hertfordshire club. Well, he's just been an absolute delight, to be perfectly honest with you. He's become a hero in the eyes of the fans. He's the sort of player that can find space uh, anywhere on the pitch. And uh, it's interesting that last season he was sort of playing more off Troy Deeney, whereas this season they've kind of swapped roles. But as you saw in the Newcastle game, he can, he can beat the offside trap you know, very, very easily. I don't think there's a better striker in the country at, on form at the moment. Maybe Callum Wilson, but unfortunately Callum might not be playing again this season. So, you know, this is the sort of game that he needs. He needs to be, you know, have the exposure on the worldwide stage to people in Africa who should be very, very proud of him and what he's done. And, you know, he's just a really nice guy as well. And, you know, we love a player like that. We love a player that, you know, cares as much about the club as the fans do. So it's fantastic. Well, since he came, he's always been a bit of a fox in the box, so he's been in the right place at the right time. That's typically what he's all about. So with the four goals this year, he's pretty much just been in the right place at the right time, made some good runs and scored four goals. So hopefully this year, Dini can kick on now with Agarlo and uh, they'll get each other assists and goals together. Uh, he's a real team player that plays with the rest of the team. Um, very, very... Uh, down-to-earth guy um, and very respectful for the other players that he plays with. He's calm, very calm in front of goal, doesn't panic. So, uh, But yeah, it's his calmness in front of goal, that's what makes him the special player he is. He's excellent, great player, outstanding, yeah, couldn't want for a better player. To be honest, he's been an absolute revelation. Uh, I mean, 
coming good for Granada in all their playoff finals. He took a while to get going for us. Um, my best friend and I had a lot of arguments. I said he looked good in the early days. But he came good for us when we needed it. Uh, we can't rely on Dini all our lives, and now he, he's the man, to be honest. Um, I hope Troy can get going, but when we've got Igalo in form, I think it gives the whole team a massive lift, uh, and he's still young. While Igalo has started the season in the same fine form that helped Watford win promotion to the Premier League last year, it's been a bit more of a mixed start for Yannick Balassi, who was subject to transfer speculation over the summer. But he's just signed a new three-and-a-half-year contract with the Eagles and will be hoping to replicate that form that saw him become the first Palace player to score a Premier League hat-trick last season. Here's what the Palace faithful had to say about the winger. Oh, he's a super player. Very, very uh, skillful. Never know what he's going to do. End product, not always there, but we love him. Absolutely love him. Do you agree, Tom? Yeah, totally agree. Uh, he doesn't know what he's doing, so how's the defender supposed to? Glad we've kept on to him. Um, Spurs are after him in, in the summer, so uh, it's a good sign that we can keep players like that. Oh, he's very direct, very aggressive. Um, could do with some more goals than him, to be honest. But to sign a new deal is great news for us and the club. And even we might not keep him for very long, but we're going to cash in on him, hopefully. I think the thing about Balassi is that you know that he's, he's highly unlikely to have a, an ordinary, lacklustre standard game. He, he will always produce, even if he has maybe 80 minutes of uh, just uh, looking after his teammates, he will more than compensate for that. He will do 10 minutes of something very, very special. And uh, he's worth the admission money alone, I believe. And I know that's a bit of a cliche, but um, I, I firmly believe that. If I was going to bring someone to a Palace match that had never been there before, I would say, just keep an eye on uh, our man, Balassi. And uh, that will be enough to uh, give you something to talk about on Monday morning. Balassi is one of the most exciting and one of the most frustrating players we've ever had. He's got amazing skills, skills that nobody can deal with at all. I'm not even sure that he can. If he could up his uh, assist rate and if he could up his, his goals, he'd be one of the best players in a Premiership. One of our main attacking outlets. He's quick, he's pacey, he's skillful. The fans love him. Um, his weakness is probably his end product. His crossing and shooting isn't the best. But hopefully, after signing this new deal, Pardew is uh, confident he can get the best out of him. And if he can add goals to his game, then he'll be very dangerous. Uh, he hasn't played much on the wing this season, but... Um, Obviously, that's his strongest uh, strongest position. So hopefully, that's where we'll see more of him this season. It's clear both sets of fans have deep affections for their African stars. Watford fans see Igalo as the man who helped them get promoted and possibly the man to keep them in the Premier League. Crystal Palace fans are evidently entertained by Balassi and see him as a player with huge potential, but I think just want to see a better end product. What's for sure is that both players are likely to play vital roles at their respective clubs this season. For Planet Sport Football Africa, this is Tom Ellis at Vicarage Road. So Watford's Nigerian striker Odion Agalo is very popular with the fans, while some of the Crystal Palace supporters feel that their Congolese striker Yannick Bolassi could do more. Well, Stuart Weir is away for a couple of weeks, so Planet Sports' Adrian Barnard joins us again this week. Um, Adrian, Balassi has signed a new contract with Crystal Palace. What's the significance of this? Well, Steve, Balassi joined Palace back in August 2012. Since then, he's played over 100 times for the Eagles and scored seven goals. And over the past couple of seasons... Palace have surprised many observers with their success and one of the reasons for that is the exhilarating pace that's been provided by 
two old-fashioned wingers at the club in Wilfred Zaha and Balassi. Although, as we heard just now in, in Tom's report, Balassi's played more as a front man this season. And it's interesting to hear the fans saying that he is a frustrating player. He has got so much talent, but the end product is often missing. Palace will be hoping that he can refine that raw talent and produce a greater return. And considering how often he gets behind defenders, he does really need to produce more chances for his team and score more goals himself. And if he can improve on that by even 10%, he will become one of the most feared players in the division. Now, in the summer, there were stories circulating that Tottenham wanted to sign him, but the Palace boss, Alan Pardew, says they didn't receive a bid. And when the transfer window closed, there were many Palace fans who heaved a huge sigh of relief. Other clubs will come after him. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But for now, he's happy living in London. Three years ago, he left Bristol City to join Palace as he wanted to be back in the capital after he'd spent a couple of years on loan at the North London club Barnet earlier in his career. I think Palace actually expect to lose Balassi to a bigger club at some stage. And offering him this three and a half year contract now means that they're protecting their investment as any club wanting his services is going to have to pay a fee. It's also interesting that Pardew was quite philosophical when Balassi signed the contract last week. He said that if Palace can develop him as a player and take the club forward, well, that would be great. But if a big club comes knocking, they would sell him and use the transfer money to take the club forward that way. It was, he said, a simple equation. So Balassi may not uh, see out uh, all of that three-and-a-half-year contract. Um, interestingly, Adrian, Crystal Palace are up there in seventh position in their third straight season in the Premier League after gaining promotion in 2013. Many people thought they would be relegated in that first season, and this has been an amazing run. Well, you're right there, Steve. It has been an amazing run and an amazing turnaround when Palace beat Watford 1-0 in the Championship playoff in May 2013, most Palace fans, well, they were just delighted to be back in the Premier League after an absence of eight years. Few of them were expecting an easy ride in the top division, and they were right. Palace had a dreadful start to the 2013-14 season. They lost nine of their first ten fixtures. In October, the manager Ian Holloway left the club, and the following month, the former Stoke boss Tony Pulis took over with a brief to keep the club in the Premier League. And under his guidance, Palace then won 12 of the remaining 28 games to finish in 11th place and ensure that Pulis would go down as a hero in Palace folklore. Well, the following year started badly for the Eagles, just like the one before. Pulis left the club right at the start of the season after a disagreement with the club's owners. Neil Warnock then came in, but Palace had another poor start with just three wins in their first 20 games. And it was no surprise when Warnock was released after Christmas. And in January, the former Palace midfielder Alan Pardew was appointed after spending four difficult years at the helm at Newcastle. And for the second season running, Palace then sprang into life, winning 10 of their remaining 18 matches. They beat Manchester City, they did the double over Liverpool and eventually finished in 10th place, one position higher than the season before. Now this season they've already beaten Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and there's real expectation at the club now that they can finish in the top six. Well, some amazing results that uh, Crystal Palace have put together. Let's rewind now to last Saturday. It was an extraordinary day in the English Premier League with 35 goals scored in eight games, making it the seventh highest scoring day ever in the Premier League. And a few Africans were on target. 
Yes, it was a great weekend for the Senegalese players in particular, Steve. And perhaps the happiest of them all was Southampton's Sadio Mane. Now, last season, the 23-year-old scored 10 goals in the Premier League. But it's been a frustrating season for him so far, although he did score two goals last week in the League Cup against MK Dons. So he'll have been mightily relieved to score Southampton's third goal against Swansea in the 61st minute of their 3-1 win on Saturday. And now he's got that all-important first Premier League goal under his belt, he'll be eager to add to it on Saturday when the Saints visit the struggling champions Chelsea. Two more players from Senegal on the score sheet were the West Ham duo of Diafra Sacco and Chieku Koyuti, with a goal each in the two-all draw with Norwich. Now, Sacco's goal was his fifth in six appearances for the Hammers in league and cup matches in September alone. Mame Beram Diouf came off the substitutes bench to score the winner in Stoke's 2-1 win over Bournemouth, his 83rd-minute header giving the Pottery side their first win of the season. Now, Aston Villa signed Rudy Gestead from Blackburn Rovers at the start of the season, mainly on his strength in the air and his heading ability. And the 26-year-old Benin striker scored two goals at Anfield last Saturday, one from a towering header, but it wasn't enough for a point as Liverpool hung on to win by three goals to two. But the comeback of the week, Steve, was at West Brom on Monday evening as Everton came back from two goals down to win 3-2, their second goal coming from the Ivorian Aruna Kone. Yeah, great goal, that one. And you have to feel happy for the millions of Manchester United fans around Africa and indeed worldwide as they are on top of the table now. There's been two straight defeats for rivals Manchester City. So realistically, Adrian, what can Man United fans hope for this season? Well, Steve, it's been a slow start for United, but they're now picking up the pace. And that's going to start the alarm bells ringing among their rivals, although they probably wouldn't admit it. United scored just three goals in their first four Premier League matches, but since then, they've now scored three goals in each of their last three games against Liverpool, Southampton and Sunderland. It's still a time of rebuilding at Old Trafford, but their new teenage signing, Anthony Martial, is settling in well. He's got three goals to his credit already. And crucially, I think, the Spanish midfielder Juan Mata is beginning to find the form that made him such a popular figure during his time at Chelsea. Now, he's scored four goals already this season, the most recent, a penalty in United's Champions League win over Wolfsburg on Wednesday. And considering he only scored nine goals in the whole of last season, well, that's a great start. We mentioned the Champions League there. United have three points from their first two games in Group B, and I fully expect them to get through the group stages. Maybe a quarter-final place is a reasonable expectation for them this year in this time of rebuilding. I don't think they're going to get much further. And as recently as Thursday, manager Louis van Gaal was bemoaning United's busy fixture list. They've now played six times in 18 days and they visit Arsenal on Sunday. And he said his players were feeling very tired. But in terms of the Premier League this season, I'm not sure United will be able to hang on to the top spot. But I do expect them to finish in the top three and so guarantee Champions League football again next year. Well, thanks a lot, Adrian. So Manchester United fans can look forward to a good season. United were victorious midweek in the UEFA Champions League, but Chelsea were beaten. Manchester City got a win, although Yaya Toure went off at half-time. And Ivorians did do pretty well in the Champions League this past week. Serge Aurier scored for Paris Saint-Germain as they won 3-0 away to Shakhtar Donetsk. Two goals for Ivorian Seydou Doumbia and one for Nigeria's Ahmed Moussa for 
CSKA Moscow as they beat PSV Eindhoven 3-2. Ivory Coast Jovino scored, but his team Roma lost 3-2 to Bate Borisov. And another African on the score sheet was Sofian Feguli of Algeria. He got the goal as Valencia won 1-0 away to Lyon. Now, Gabon striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang became the first player to score in the first seven matches of a German Bundesliga season as Borussia Dortmund drew 2-2 last weekend. He scored twice in the second half. The previous week, Aubameyang set a record by becoming the first player to net in the opening six league matches of a German season. So he has extended his own record. Well, Solomon, it looks to me as though he'll be a contender when the African Player of the Year awards come along. Most definitely. I would definitely, uh, you know, give him my vote. Aubameyang has been consistent. Last season, he scored uh, 16 goals in all competitions. In his first season for Borussia Dortmund, coming from Saint-Étienne, where he was uh, playing in France previously. And so far, he's got all this number of goals in this season already. How many goals is he going to score at the end of the day? I'm not sure he's going to score less than 25 goals, Steve. You know, he might end up being one of the contenders for the Football Player of the Year in the German Bundesliga. Thanks a lot, Solomon. And on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking, how good is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang? Do you think that he'll be a contender when the African Player of the Year awards come along in a few weeks' time? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Tell us what you think about Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. You can follow us on Twitter. The address is at Planet Sport FA. And a reminder about our brand new website, PlanetSportFootballAfrica.com. It's designed specifically for smartphones. Well, that's it for this week's show. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashoms in South Africa, and Adrian Barnard in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.